my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. iHeartRadio presents Podversations, a weekly discussion with the biggest names and influencers in podcasting. Want to learn the secret psych-up ritual Scrub stars Zach Braff and Donald Faison use before every fake doctor's real friends taping? How Vice News parachutes into war zones to rescue journalists from life-threatening situations? Or why Keegan-Michael Key and Blumhouse believe 3D audio is the future of storytelling? Whether you're a newbie trying to break into the podcast game or an exec trying to refine your playbook, Podversations is the easiest way to keep your pulse on the industry. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's installment of the iHeart Podcast Network Speaker Series. This is my favorite part of the week. We get to stop down and talk with a partner of iHeart Media, somebody that we have entered into a relationship to make incredible content. And we do it through the lens of podcasting. That's the framework of these conversations. But we are incredibly grateful to be working with creators from all walks of media. We've worked with book authors and filmmakers. And this week's session is, is no exception. It's going to be an awesome discussion with Frankie Quinones. First of all, Frankie, 
thank you so much for hanging out with us today. You do a lot of stuff, and I'm sure some stuff is not getting done right now because you've chosen <laughs> this half an hour with us. I appreciate it. No, no, no. I appreciate you guys, and thanks for saying that Quinones part right. Yeah. <laughs> And my partner in crime today to talk to Frankie is Hans Sani. Hans, thank you for hanging out. Hans runs a podcast network that we launched with Will Ferrell maybe two years ago now called Big Money Players Network. Thank you, Hans. Yeah, thank you for having me. So, Frankie, I think I'd be remiss in not starting with what I think is an obvious question, right? Like, you are one of the funniest people for my money alive making funny content today. It has been a weird year and a half as we've all moved into quarantine and we haven't really figured out yet how to live. It's been a really hard year to make comedy, I imagine. Like everything is suddenly funny and therefore nothing is funny and everything feels absurd and ridiculous. How did you handle that? Like just to cut straight to the chase, telling jokes in a year like 2020 and early 2021, how do you process that as a very, very funny guy? I mean, it was depressing, homie, in the beginning, you know what I mean? And then I was like, oh, they're gonna do the Zoom shows or whatever, you know? And then so I'm living by myself at the time and like my family lived close, but they have underlying health conditions. So we were kind of just doing that, you know, meet in the front yard type shit. Oh, can I cuss on here or probably not? Please do, in fact, we insist on it. Okay, well, I was, doing this, <laughs> I was doing this motherfucking bullshit ass Zoom show shit. I said, <laughs> no, but uh, it was dope that those were there, but it was just so weird, man, because it's like you're trying to put all your energy into the screen because we're used to being around people and the energy, and, and that's my lane. I'm like, I feed off people. I'm not like, oh, I'm on the stage. I'm the one running the thing. I'm like, it's all of us together making it pop. So when it was just like, I'm just putting all my energy in the screen and I felt like, I'm like, okay, I thought that was pretty good. And then I just like lowered my laptop and I'm like, just in my room by myself, like, okay, well, I guess I'll try to face my demons now, but I ain't trying to do that shit either. But it was a weird time, man. And then, you know, I was writing and stuff like that, but it's hard because you got to develop those jokes like on stage. Those things come like on stage and living your life. So I'm just talking from my point of view, but a lot of the stuff I wrote about was like pandemic stuff and it's funny. But I'm almost even, now that things are opening back up, I'm like even just tired of even talking about it. I'm like, let's just, let's get back to the normal shit, you know, but. Hard to tell what's normal and not normal. I mean, the list is long of things you've done. You're, you're a comedian, yeah, but you're an actor, you're a creator, you make all kinds of content. You're maybe best known for your character work, things like Creeper, you have an HBO Max special, Super Homies. I mean, you, you've been busy. I'll steal one more question before throwing to you, Hans, but how did this start? for you, Frankie? Like, what was the moment in your life as a kid, in high school, maybe late, that you realized, hang on, whatever I'm doing right now, this is actually what I want to do for the rest of my life? What is that origin story? I think sometimes that's the most interesting stuff is where it all started. What was the moment for you? Yeah, I mean, I owe everything to my familia, you know, much as my family, my mom and dad. They always had stand-up on in the house, always. We religiously watched, like, in Living Color, Saturday Night Live, Culture Clash. They would let me watch, like, even as a six-year-old, I was watching Eddie Murphy, George Carlin, Richard Pryor, Paul Rodriguez, like, you know, all, all the legends, you know, and they just always had it on in the house. And they were going through some tough times. Like I told you before, I was like, I, but I always had everything I needed. Me and my sister, we always had food on the table. You know, I had, we had love. We might not have had all the money in the world, but whatever. I found a sprinkler head in my dad's truck, and I was like, all right, this is going to be my microphone, and I'll perform for my mom and dad in the living room. And so it was always itching because I saw how powerful it was. Like, and then as you get older, because, you know, you're a kid, you're just like, 
oh, like, you know, mayday sandwiches and cheap cereal. Like, it's all good. Like, that's what we do. But, like, thinking back, like, dude, when I was my dad's age, he's raising two, like, teenagers at this point. I'm like, dude, that's fucking crazy. But I saw how, like, uh, humor, positivity, laughter really helped him get through that. You know what I mean? And so... And then when I saw that could be funny, and I'm, I was getting kicked out of class a lot. They had a lot of bullshit to do with. I was always class clown. But it was always itching in my head. I was like, I want to try stand-up. I want to try stand-up. But it, I was already like 24 when I went, did my first stand-up set. And then, you know, then led to my first gig for 20 bucks and two free drinks. And I'm like, oh, shit, I mean, we got to make it, you know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was like 16 years ago, man. So it's been quite a ride, but uh, I stuck with it. Luckily, I had my family for support, and so it, it allowed me to make it happen. And still, you know, I still got a long way to go. Obviously, I'm not like this, you know. But yeah, yeah, to be able to pay your bills, like doing what you love, which is for me, make people laugh. I'm very grateful for it, and now I'm just trying to take it to the next level right here with this project. So it's good. <laughs> My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. 
It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Frankie, I want to jump in and ask you, I remember when we first shared some of your work and we were talking to Will Ferrell and we were like, you know, this Frankie, we're such a big fan of him. He does these. He does comedy, right? Will yeah, Ferrell. he's got a little bit of experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he knows a thing or two about characters too. And that was the thing that I think to him was really exciting about your work. And he and what he said to us was, I love how specific it is. I love how specific his yeah. voice is and these characters are. And I remember you and I having early conversations and you telling us that some of it comes from like a pretty personal place for you too. So can you just talk to us about maybe like one or two of, you know, the characters that you've created and like where it comes from for you? My most popular characters come from straight up my family, but all my characters come from people that I've been around throughout my life. Creeper is an extension of my father. My, my dad was always an old school cholo, always had a low rider, He's, you know, dickies, you know, he had his palm comb and, you know, and just like, but a very good father. Always drive me to little league practice in his low rider truck and just, you know, always like words of positivity for me like hey mijo you live with gratitude and two people respect all right and you better work hard or i'll beat your ass and i'm like all right all right dad that's what's up you know i you know i went through my little wannabe cholo stage too and my dad was like my mom was like he he's not dressing like that fuck that you know and then my dad was like no nah, no nah, he's gonna do it right my dad was waking up at like 5 a.m to crease my he's like if you're gonna do it you can do it right but i was like to like start to increase my pants my shirt, everything, I, homie, I lasted like a month and I was like, fuck that. I switched back to Bugle Boy cargo shorts and fucking jeans. You just throw those in the dryer, you're all good. But, you know, it was just like that, like creepers an extension of my father and my, all my, most of my cousins are like cholos and thankfully, uh, I'm very grateful that they, most of them like got their stuff together. And like cholo culture doesn't always have to be affiliated with violence and gang. Like it's getting more and more popular, you know, with, you know, photography, with art, with all this stuff, like it's a positive thing. And so like Creeper embraces that. Like my dad's been through a lot of stuff, my cousins and, but in the end they found the lane of positivity to be the best way to progress in their life and to find happiness in life. And so, you know, Creeper not only embraces that mentally, but also he's a fitness instructor, homie. So he helps you with the physical part too. That's Creeper. And then I got Juanita Carmelita, JC is just straight up my mom. My mom, Drink, you know, she likes to drink her wine and she does her motivational speech, you know, just like, you could do whatever you want in life. You know, you paint your picture, then you live it and that's it. And then she'll pass out right after because she's pretty drunk. And then, we'll, you know, and then, but then she'll you know, take a little power nap and she's back at it. But everything's uh, in inspired by my family. So, but yeah, with that, like when Will was like, I love that he said that. I'm all Will, like we're on a first name basis, but you know, Will Ferrell was like, I love how specific characters are, da da da, because, you know, we've been doing this a long time. And for, I've been straight up told, like, no, no, I don't do those characters. It's too stereotypical. Too many people are doing it. It's just not original enough. And I'm like, no, no, but trust me, Creeper's like a real homie. He's not just another, hey, I'm a cholo. I stab people. It's like, no, no, this fool's a fitness instructor. He's got some layers or some depth to him. And I just stuck with it, man. And then here we are. So thank you guys for noticing that and giving me the opportunity to get it out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you kind of touched on this, but I want to ask you a little bit about that. Like, 
you said, you know, there's other people who were doing a little bit of this kind of comedy and were doing a little bit of like the Mexican-American accent too, but the way that you've done it has really kind of struck a chord with people. And, you know, the character of Creeper is this like viral sensation. So what do you think it is about what you're doing that helped stand out from some of the other people and made it, you know, unique and different from what other people have done? I'm a fan of all types of humor, like over the top characters and that real slapstick shit. Like I'm a fan of that too. If it makes people laugh, we all need to laugh more. So I'm like, hell yeah, do that. But just for my personal brand and name, I like to keep my characters as grounded as possible. And to this day, there's people that think creepers are real full, you know, and it's like crazy. They're like, what? That mustache is fake. And I'm like, yeah, man, you couldn't tell. Like, you know, it's like when I meet, even when I meet people at shows, I feel like I know them already because they've watched the video so much and they just, they look at you in a way where I look them in their eyes and I, I feel that connection. I'm like, oh, we're homies. What's up? You know, you guys get it. You know, I, I, I didn't travel much until comedy. And then once Creeper went viral and they invited me to these cities where I would never think that I could do what I do, it was real eye-opening, you know what I mean? Because, you know, we're going to all over the country, you know, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Florida, New York, and people are showing up and they got love. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. So that's what's up. So uh, I think there's like, there's like some real opportunity to reach a lot of people. There's some that stick in my head that I've met around the country that I'm just like, wow, it's eye-opening. Like there was like this group of like six older women in Minnesota or yeah, Minneapolis. Not to say like, oh, they were old as fuck, but I mean, they were old, homie, but they were like their crew, you know, like they knew each and they all, they couldn't wait to come and they were like hanging out after. I was just like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you know, it's crazy, man. So I'm like, it's good to see that, you know, we got some for everybody. But I honestly always felt that in my heart. I'm like, you know, I know, I know I'm specific and I'm staying true to my voice, but I, I think a lot of people could connect with that. We do find common grounds and things to relate to like no matter where you're from so it's interesting because the comedy that you do the stories you tell it seems like it's so filled with positivity and even love whereas i feel like it could go much more if you wanted to into negativity or political commentary much harder core and it, it stays very positive very loving can you just yeah. talk about that choice that you've made at some point that's the choice you make and maybe it's just no that's just where i come from i was always in a family setting of positivity and love but a, talk about that choice. B, maybe talk about, do you ever feel like, okay, I need to go really dark on this next character because the news cycle is just blowing me up right now. Just maybe talk through that a little bit. I mean, like, there's always a layer of optimism and positivity in everything I do, you know? Like, I like to get real, for sure. Politics, they're really not my thing. I mean, I, you know, I respect people got to have, you know, you have your voice and believe me, I fucking, like, man, last year, it's like, we all had to donate and do our parts and all that stuff. And I'm a fan of political humor for the people that are good at it. I'm just not academic enough or I don't do enough research to even try to go there. So my whole thing is just like, I don't want to have that divide in my room. Like I'm not saying that makes me a better comic. I'm just saying like, that's my shit is like, let's have an escape from that. Like, let me just talk about, you know, whatever, do our thing. I might touch on it here and there, but like, yeah, my mom and pops were like, you know, they weren't always, I was kind of an angry person here. They were, they, they had every reason to be angry at the world. You know, they're sharing one room with five brothers and sisters, all that shit. But they always had that chip on our shoulder, like, oh, we're going to do better. We're going to do better. And then, but as things got better for them, they, it's like positivity became like their religion. You know what I mean? And it's that real shit. Like a motherfucker that's really been through some shit 
And I know homies, I got cousins, they've been there, they spent, you know, decade in jail and all that stuff. And now all they want to do is help people. And like, so that resonates for me a lot. I'm not saying that, you know, I get it. I'm a fan, you know, I know there's the good vibes only white girls at Coachella, like good vibes only, peace and love. I love everybody. Like that's all good too. At least you're being nice. You know, it's not that hard to be nice, but like to see somebody like my mom and dad go through everything they went through and, and to find like to positivity to just be like, you know, their fuel to get them to the next step. Like I fully embrace that in my comedy. I fully, in everything I do and just my way of life, just like, you know, leading with gratitude, just fucking grateful for every breath. Cause I'm like, fuck on I me. Mean, I don't know when this shit's going to end with a pandemic. Like we could all, we could all die. I don't fucking know. Like why waste energy on being angry about anything? Like, but I am a fan of that type of humor too. People are always usually mean to each other in sitcoms cause those are easy jokes. It's like, oh, look at you, bad, 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 bad. And that's all good, you know, you know, it's funny. But yeah, yeah, I try to get more layers and depth and like, you know, hit those emotions where I'm making you laugh out loud, but also like, that's what I'm trying to get you home. You know, I'm trying to get you in the heart with some real shit. <laughs> This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of MoviePhone, the studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. 
It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to ask, so you're also a touring stand-up comedian. You've been touring recently with Craig Robinson, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is awesome. awesome. And you mentioned this, that like you perform shows not just in LA and not just on the coast, but in parts of the country where, you know, in LA, Mexican American culture is just like part of the city, you know, it's part of the blood, but like, what's it like performing to a crowd in LA versus a crowd somewhere else in the country where people might not be as familiar with some of the references you're making? Yeah. I mean, I'll cater to like, I don't change like my whole set, like, cause in the end, funny is funny. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I can't like be specific to talking about the, King Taco in fucking, you know, Florida, like only people in LA know where King Taco is. I mean, even go, it's open late, it goes straight through you, kind of clears you out, it's a natural cleanse. I would say for the most part, like I talk about my family a lot on stage and stuff like that. And you know, everybody can relate to family. So yeah, when I'm in LA, I definitely lean harder into even just the West Coast in general, Texas, New Mexico, all that. Florida too. It's funny though, you know, going to the East Coast because I didn't even know about, you know, obviously there's a lot of Latinos in America. I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, there's so many different types on me. You know what I mean? And growing up in LA, like even if you were Cuban or whatever, you know, you're just, you were Mexican. Like that's how people saw you because that's just, you know, we're the majority out here. I mean, we're the majority in the country, not to be like saying cool about, but it was a trip for me going to the East Coast because it's a whole different vibe. And, they, and unfortunately, you find out about the beef that, like, oh, Cubans don't like Mexicans and Venezuelans don't like that. And I'm like, what? I thought it was on. But uh, it was good to get that love, though, because they're coming to the shows. They leave letters out, though. Like, they don't say Cholo Fit. They say Cholo Fit, Papa. Hey, Cholo Fit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Cholo Fit, man. That's what's up. Like, you know, but... <laughs> Like that, that was something I had to learn on my own on a personal level because I never traveled to a lot of these places. And when I went and they were receptive to my comedy, I would say that that's when I knew I had something that was special. Like I was like, man, if this person who's never even been to California is coming to my show and loving what I do, then, you know, it's all good. The characters helped me get there, though, too. It's like I told you before, Hans, I'll go to shows and Creeper's a fitness instructor. You know, a lot of times people forget that. So there's real fitness instructors. They come with their whole classes to my shows and da da da. And I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? So <laughs> that is amazing. The fact that like a class of fitness instructors yeah. <laughs> to see creeper, you know, maybe to learn yeah. some stuff about fitness instruction. So listen, we've taken a bunch of your time, Frankie, but let me close out with focusing a little bit on this podcast. You do a bunch of stuff. We've talked a lot about it here on this interview. You do stand-up comedy, you have a new special on HBO. I think Creeper has a Creeper's Cabernet Sauvignon coming out. I mean, you're all over the place. Yes, I feel like we're about to get a visual on it. <laughs> it comes That's, uh, 
Here it is. The- hey, it's funny you mentioned that right now, homie, because I happen to have a bottle right here, but... <laughs> I set that one up. So, podcasting, audio is different, right? Like, we, Hans and I do audio every day. It's what we do. It's where we tell stories. Was audio hard for you? You take all the visuals away, the stuff that you've honed, gotten incredible at. What's podcasting like? Oh, homie. So, you know, I got to a point where I'm like, damn, every comedian has a podcast, and it's like this and that. And I, and I personally, if it's like a theme podcast and stuff like that, I like it, but I get tired of getting interviewed on podcasts. It's the same questions, the same thing, or some look for like controversy. You know, they'll be like, hey, how do you feel about so-and-so? Like, da, da, da. And I'm like, homie, oh, really? Like, come on, man. Like, you know, so they could have the YouTube like thing and like, you know, all love to those people. I get it. It's a business. But what I love was with big money players is they're giving me the opportunity to do what I've been dying to do, which is like basically like a throwback. Like, I, I don't know too many podcasts that are doing, you know, these are scenes. They're not like interviews or it's like an ode to Cheech and Chong, you know, the Monty Python shit, Adam Sandler CDs, Jerky Boys, all that. I mean, but I remember like throwing on those CDs or those tapes and just like dying and laughing. And, and then because you have a little bit of more creative freedom, too, when it's just audio. When I was a kid, I would dub tapes on audio cassette and I would pretend I was a DJ and I would do skits like even back in the day. So I could probably dig those some up. They're probably like in my parents' storage or something, but this one goes deep for me, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, we sold the TV show to Hulu. We got fucking, you know, like another animated show. We sold, like, shit's cracking. But this one, I'm, like, really excited about. It's a lot of work because all those little sounds and this and that, and then Hans's notes are crazy all the time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but... One thing I know for sure that is that it's going to be funny as fuck and that people are going to like it. And I think people are going to feel that that nostalgic side of it, too. But also, I think it'll speak to a younger crowd also. And then just people listening to it. There's so many little funny things. It's like because I'm, I'm very, like, precious about my stuff. And I, I get shit for that. I'm like, hey, especially with social media, because... I'm 40 now, homie, and it's like, no, the TikTok, the Snapchat, the thing. And I'm like, no, no, but that doesn't, like, no, just post it. Don't be so precious with it. And I'm like, oh, okay, I post it. And then it, like, gets, like, 5 million views. And I'm like, that got fucking 5 million views? This fucking video that I spent three weeks on with the whole production team got fucking 60,000 views? Like, not that I'm all about views, but I'm just, it's just interesting. But, yeah, yeah, with the podcast, it's like, I'm being very precious with it going. And it's, I'm just excited because I, I, I just believe in it with all my heart. And I know it's going to be funny as fuck. And I think people are going to be excited to share it with each other. You know, it's just like, I'm like, hell yeah. So I'm, I'm pumped. That is awesome, man. Well, I agree with you. First of all, I will give Hans and Will Farrell a shout out. I think the thing you guys are building in Big Money Players is just some of the funniest, smartest stuff out there, whether it's Bone Yang, Matt Rogers, Nikki Glazer, or Frankie. And then Frankie, just thank you so much, man. Like, we like all the stuff we put out there, but you can kind of tell when there's it's sort of an energy or an electricity in the staff around a new show that we're putting out there that we're particularly psyched about. This is one of those, man. So I, I really do appreciate you partnering with us. It's going to be really, really great. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to represent for you to the fullest, homie. Don't even trip. You're going to have to tire your homies right there in Florida. Hey, man. You gotta tell them about that shit. <laughs> Everybody take care. Thank you for watching and listening to us. We will see you next week. Be well. Conversations is a production of iHeartRadio. 
You can find more from the biggest names in podcasting on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.